Brody and the Beard is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Kelly, did you know that rocket ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? No. Seriously, dude, it's crazy. GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. But is it only for sports? No, you can get concert tickets, theater tickets. Kelly, I know you're dying to see The Wizard of Oz next time it comes into town in Houston, and you could use GameTime to get those tickets. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. It's as simple as two taps, folks. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Whoa, Kelly, we got some breaking news, Doc. Like, (laughs) I don't know. The streets need this. I mean, this is something. We just got, first off, Reddit's a very weird place, and it is highlighted by this uh, interesting study that won Ryan Sullivan uh, on Reddit known as Angry Centrist uh, did on... he. James Harden's performance in every NBA city to see if there is a correlation between his box score and the city's average strip club rating. Now we know that James Harden is a strip club enthusiast. No judgments. Do what you do. I don't care what players do off the court. But uh, some of the results from this study are pretty interesting. Uh, He found that the... uh, his best performance comes in a city with the worst strip clubs, which is Toronto. His worst <laughs> performance, shockingly, is in the city city with the best strip clubs, which is Miami. And that, and this is where I begin to have questions. Salt Lake City has the third ranked strip clubs of all <laughs> NBA cities. I have a lot of questions here. Very repressed. Very repressed. Yeah, I don't You'd have to really imagine. buy that. But <laughs> Kelly, not arguing. let's just start with your opinions here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this is, well, first of all, this is a very in-depth study, so you have to give credit where it's due. But I think oh, I'm not giving credit, I, I think for, I'm not giving is, credit to somebody that's a narc. And that's I what I the, think this dude is. I think the basis. <laughs> I think the basis is wrong because, okay, if we're being honest, for someone that's been to strip clubs, I can tell you that <laughs> when you leave a strip club, I, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure you don't go to. Hey, let me go to Google Maps and give it a review. <laughs> let me Yelp this. <laughs> right, like in all, we- in, in all the cities you go to, number number one, number two. Salt Lake City, if you even go to his rankings, like, it's all, it's so messed up. Salt Lake City is number three. Atlanta, Atlanta, Magic City is ranked 22 on that list. That's, 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 throw the whole list away. That ends everything. That ends everything. (laughs) Atlanta is number one. Throw the whole list away. Even if you go by what he said, he took the last, um, four years, I think, of Harden's games. And by his own research, he, you would think that Harden had bad games in Miami. His last four games in Miami are 29 points, 35 points, 
40 points and 41 points in Miami. So I'm not sure what, what kind of correlation he's using on his software, but hey, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny, though. I think this brings up a really important question about the methodology um, with regards to like rating the strip clubs because I really think that there was some some issues. So basically what he did was uh, he Googled the equivalent of Detroit strip clubs for every city and then took the average Google review rating for the first 10 strip clubs in each city based on the Google search. Didn't distinguish between game straight strip clubs. Did not distinguish between cabaret strip clubs, men's clubs, etc. Did not disqualify paid listings. And also, like, for certain places like Brooklyn, he didn't distinguish strip clubs that came up in Manhattan, which is probably fair. But I think that my biggest issue is that, like, if you're looking at, like, what strip clubs that NBA players probably go to, I don't think that this is, like, a very good indication of sort of where they're going to strip clubs. I think if you really wanted to do this right, you probably want to do like a survey of NBA players um, that is like which cities you go to the exactly. most strip clubs in or like which ones are the best. Yep. Um, I understand that that's not a, an available, <laughs> like, uh, maybe <laughs> but, not an available methodology. But. Yeah, and I, I just think if you're going to go that route, you should probably ask people that frequent them the most, which rappers, you know, celebrities, People of that nature don't just go to freaking Google Maps. You're asking, but you're asking, you're asking too much. Of your, the best San Antonio strip clubs. You're asking too much. I think that I could have come up with a better. And I, this, I just feel like there's all, a better methodology even within his own. Yeah, like, and and this is all means. coming from the Heat game, and I have it on very good authority that they did not go out that night, the night before. So. I don't know where this is. I'm, I'm pretty sure it can't. It's, I know it's a joke and everything, but. It, it did is, say it like after the Rockets. I mean, it was. But there's so many factors into what you, you would actually rate a strip club. Like for some. Okay. So. Oh, boy. We're getting Kelly's rundown. Oh, my. Good luck. For those of important. you who haven't been to a strip club. Right. I had the pleasure of doing so. Okay. <laughs> so this is how it goes. I don't go to strip clubs a lot. So don't. Don't take this. You know the wrong way but when you go there there's a certain you know order of events an order of operations you know if you if you're going with a group of people you're paying at the door if you have a table you know you, you can sort it out there at some point during the evening somebody will ask for a food menu right generally speaking the safest thing to go with is wings um the reason being so Wings are the one food you can never really you you you've never heard anybody say, "Man, these wings are trash." They they can either say they were really good, or they were all right. But they his wings are hard to mess up. <laughs> That's different than French fries, where you can actually mess those up. It's different than you know a mm. burger or something, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. So, assuming James Harden had the time of his life in Miami, right? Right. Why then would he go the next night? It, it, it's actually the reverse. It gives you more. It would give you more of an impetus. That's a journalism word. It would give you more of an impetus to <laughs> to go and have a better game, which is what he had 40 points, 41 points, 
35 points to 29 points. It doesn't make sense to me. Like the the idea was there. I can see where he was going with it, but the rankings are wrong. I mean, the, the ranking is trash. Here's what's really wrong with this whole thing. It ain't any of our fucking business. Excuse my language, <laughs> but it really it's isn't. Not. It's, 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 it's it, it, Here's the thing. People have time on their hands. This is like weird. this. This is the thing. I've known <laughs> NBA players who, like, when I've been on teams, who literally have gone from a game to partying all night, showing up to shoot around the next day, hungover, looking like trash, whatever, go home after shoot around, show up to the game and drop 30. Like, it's not, it's, who are we to judge in this instance? Like, it's it's one of those things. Like, I actually, it's a it's a joke and the whole thing, and it's funny. It's, it's freaking hilarious. But I also hate it <laughs> because it's literally like, I don't care. I really don't give a damn what he does in his free time. Mo, how how was he ranking Atlanta? I, no, I mean oh this dude. God. I mean I mean the rankings. Oh the rankings. This, first off, this dude oh couldn't be. This dude couldn't be any more wrong with his rankings. Like let's just be honest. His oh. his whole thing, methodology, everything was all just screwed up to begin with. Like it's just completely whack. And Salt Lake City, like. No, it's just stupid. By the by the time you remove your <laughs> five parkas and your and your three wool sweaters, like it's just it just, <laughs> it's time it, just to go. it just doesn't make any sense to it. <laughs> and then just at the end of the day, man, I don't care what he does off the court. If it works for him, and clearly it has been for the past few years, it ain't really any of our damn business. And, and yes. honestly, this is that was a younger phase in his career. He's more of a lounge type guy now. Like it's. As you grow older, you grow out of <laughs> I'm serious. I, listen, like listen, I still, I still, thing. I still doubt it. Like a I, nice hookah lounge, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, I mean, listen, we, we've heard the stories, the legend two years ago of his, his jersey being retired at a strip club. So let's not go to, listen, he could go wherever he wants. As long as it's legal, ain't really my concern. And to be honest, most of the time, and none of this is actually my concern. I just care about the basketball stuff. So really like this dude to me. He's a cop. He's a narc. He's a little rat. Like this is stupid. <laughs> I don't. I don't care for it. It's. It's really a waste of everybody's time. Like you know. I mean the your your and, and on top of all that, you did it wrong. Your, your yeah, rankings you are way screwed right, up. Yeah. He also said that he didn't. Things. He didn't um control for like how good the other team was in this as well. So like it's not controlled for how how difficult an oppo- opponent you have, which is probably pretty important. Probably. It. I mean, kind of a factor. Sorry. Kind but of a factor. <laughs> I, I mean, all of this stuff is wrong. So really, like, if I just think it's ridiculous, and it's like, honestly, dude, this dude needs to just quit, just leave, doc. I like I like the narc uh, the narc uh, angle. He, he is. Narky. Like, come on, Sorry. dude. Like, really? This is what you do. Also, the correlation is not that strong. It's not at all. It's just like funny. if you look at it, it's like a little that cloud of sucks. dots. <laughs> it sucks. But it, it, hey, we, I mean, he did, well, in a way, he did, you know, get his his aim because we're all talking about it. I it's didn't true. want to. I didn't it. want to. I didn't even want to mention his damn name. I, didn't, <laughs> I don't want to give this dude any pub. I just, I just wanted, uh, I just wanted to be mad about this, the strip club methodology. Yeah, I mean, rightfully so. That alone, 
That alone discounts the whole thing. I think, uh... But I also think he did do all this work. Like, he, he, to a certain extent, like, obviously it's a joke, but he also did put in all of the work to do it. So, (laughs) he said that he spent a long time doing it, so... This dude. I don't got anything else. I'm just (laughs) like, this dude nuts. We this this these are the type of dudes we don't need around. Period. That's why you see it on Reddit and not <laughs> on the esteemed athletic app. <laughs> oh, if y'all bad, I might have to turn in my subscription. <laughs> if that were the case, uh, that's okay. Well, let's go that, back to I our original analysis. Yeah, yeah, can we go back to our originally pro- programmed? Uh, a scheduled broadcast. Yes, thank you. That's yeah, it. and the <laughs> the rest of the podcast is actually very intellectual. So don't eat fries and stew clip. That's smart. Don't don't do that. Speaking of looking fresh, is that velvet you have? <laughs> Biggie velvet. Bo Dackel, this guy's amazing. The Beard! That move is illegal in most every state except in Texas. Woo! The wind is crying. If you're Russell Westbrook, why not? Hello, Houston. Hello, universe. All Rocket fans, come around. It's time to listen to Brody and the Beard, brought to you on the Athletic Podcast Network. We got my man, Kelly Eco, on the ground, giving us all the up-to-date information and what's going on with the team. We have Sasha Ashal, our producer, working the ones and twos, making sure we all sound great. She can't do much with my nasal voice right now because I'm congested as hell. And I'm Mo Dakil. I come from a video background video background and i'm ready to talk rockets kelly how you doing first of all mo why did you say wizard of oz i don't know dog it was the first one that came to my mind dog what do you want me to do Uh, (laughs) anything else but that sucks well now now i'm happy i picked it now i'm gonna pick it every time wait why do you hate the wizard of oz it's a it's a shitty uh production you want me, oh you my want, god! You want, you want me to the go hottest into, take. You want me to go into depth about why the Wizard of Oz is a sham? <laughs> Not in depth. I'm just, I'm just really surprised. I'm sure all our Rocket fans are dying to know why the Wizard <laughs> of Oz is a sham. Why Disney takes. <laughs> <laughs> no, for, man. for all for all Disney takes, go to Kelly's other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not brought to you on the Athletic. I from what I understand, but uh, you know, is what it is. Kelly, let's dive right into it. The Rockets got a little bit of revenge yesterday getting to play the Golden State Warriors G League team last night. What'd you see, bud? Well, for starters, I kind of forgot that it was a national TV game. I, I wouldn't have known unless I saw Stephen A, you know, just parading the arena. But this game was not what I expected. I'm pretty sure whenever the, the schedule makers made this thing in, in the summer, this is not what they... They envisioned, you know, Austin Rivers and Alec Burks going back at it. I mean, it was a game. It was kind of interesting for a little bit. Eric Pichal, uh, Alec Burks, they made it kind of interesting. But ultimately, it was a pretty comfortable win to wire to wire for the Rockets. 
Harden got going, Daniel House and P.J. Tucker got going. But the most important to me was Clint Capella. See, I told you this is why he's number two in my rankings. Oh, stop it. When stop Clint it. You no, were like, listen, I, listen, no, listen. No, 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 no. no <laughs> you no. were so quick to abandon that. You've been like, whoa, what can we do the rankings again? I got to change him. I got to change him. You I were so I didn't quick say to I abandon changing. that. I didn't say what I was changing. So, hey. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm calling shenanigans. Let the, let, the, let, let the records, hey, okay. <laughs> Sasha, go back and play some of his stuff. Man, this is let the uh, shenanigans. This is such BS, folks. This is unbelievable. I mean, you, we talked about it when we did our rankings, you know, how much, how important you thought Capella was because of his defense. I haven't really seen that that much. Yeah, I need, I need to change those rankings. <laughs> but look, but look, like, when Clint Capella plays the way he did last night, it makes things a lot easier for this for this Rockets team. Mike D'Antoni, even after Capella had, what, six blocks, he still kind of sounded like this is what he should be doing on a regular basis, you know. And he, he made an interesting point, um, and Clint said it too, about playing into shape. This is like the third or fourth time I've heard you know the team talk about, you know, not being in shape or getting their legs back or getting their wind back. And um, I think ESPN reported that he's had a shoulder issue um, from the summer, from playing with, with the, the national team. Right. And I think that, you know, it's, it's a fair assessment to say why he's started the season a bit slow. But overall, I think it was a good win for them. They're 5-3 and three now. Now they go ahead to Chicago and see if they can win there. Yeah, um, I'm going to push back on a couple of things here. Like, Capella played great, and he's supposed to. With the lineup that they're putting out, the Warriors are putting out there, like, you should be dominating this team. Like, it should be a relatively comfortable win. And and they did their job. So I'm not, like, I don't think it was a, a good win. It was a win you're, it's no, it was what a you're win. supposed to it do. Was, it, was, it was a win. Yeah, it's a win you're supposed to get. So, you know, I don't want to dive too much into the game because let's just be honest. It was craptastic. Yeah, it was, uh, it was Santa Cruz special right there. And you said it and you said it best, dude. Like they when they put this game on the docket and were like, we're gonna make this a national TV game, they had no idea what they were getting with the Warriors. On top of that, they didn't have any idea what they were getting in the second game when Kawhi decided to load manage. So I mean <laughs> ESPN kind of took it last night. Uh, on the chin just with uh, getting screwed by the unfortunate circumstances. But I want to talk about one thing here real quick before we move on. Eric Gordon didn't play. What's the update on him? He has a sore hamstring. Like, how? what's the concern level? How how worried should we be about that? Uh, I think that just goes back into what I'm saying about the team not being in shape. You know, Eric had some soreness in his, I guess, his thigh. But... I think that's more of a, you know, older guys not in shape, trying to play into shape, um, early season injuries. I don't think it's anything serious, per se, because it's not like he could have. I'm pretty sure he could have played because he did play um, in Memphis. I'm pretty sure he could have played if he really wanted to. But um, like I said, this is kind of their load management, I guess. I I don't know if that's the right term to put it, but. They will try and they, I know they have a plan of trying to preserve their older guys throughout the season, and I think this is that was one of their early you know indications of that. 
And it makes sense. I mean, against the Warriors, you should be able to beat them without Gordon. And from what I've heard in the past, the Rockets do have one of the best teams put together in terms of load management and figuring out when to get guys playing and mm. how to get them leveled off and peaked and, and, and going well and keeping their bodies right. So I trust the Rockets organization in that instance. I mean, granted, it's not like we have a ton of information we can go off of where I can be like, <laughs> I don't trust those guys. But, you know, at this point, I feel pretty good about them. And yeah. All right. So let's get into this. You had a chance to sit down with Daryl Morey in Miami, if I'm correct. Yep. Yep. And and talk to him. And then he said a few things in there that made that was quite interesting. So drop to me a little bit some of the stuff you got from him in the interview and what were your overall opinions. Yeah, I think going into it, I wanted to kind of get a sense of where his head was at after the first couple of games. What a what is he seeing in the analytics, you know, that either give him cause for concern or, you know, just not to worry about things, just seeing like trends. Cause you know, this is a very trend oriented analytic based team. I'm sure there's some kind of math that they're seeing early on that says, okay, we're doing some things right here, but let's try and fix this thing. We'll do, you know what I'm saying? So talking to him, it was pretty clear that he's not worried about, you know, the, the, the three and three start. <clears throat> Granted that was before they got waxed by Miami, <laughs> but, um, he sounded pretty pretty upbeat, you know. He likes the early success of you know Harden and Russ in the offensive side of the ball, um, playing faster, you know, getting more rebounds. He likes what he sees from Daniel House and Ben McLemore, which is going to be really important when we get to like December, January, when you know those legs do get tired, and Gerald Green is not coming back anytime soon. So, I think Daryl. Being the GM of this team, you know, it's always his job to make sure that the product that's put out on the floor is the best one that he can get. And while I don't think this is the best one we're seeing right now, I think, you know, come 20, 25 games in, if changes need to be made, you know, he'll do the necessary stuff to do that. Yeah, it's hard because I just don't know. Like, really, if they're going to make a trade of some sort, it's either Capella or Gordon, and I don't know if they're going to do that. And I don't know if they're going to net you those guys. I don't think they have – I don't think they're in a position where they could trade for Iguodala. I don't know, you know, what their draft pa- uh, draft pick situation is at this point because I know Memphis is going to want a draft pick because they sure as hell don't have any young guys that Memphis is going to want. Like, they're not trying to get yeah. Gordon or anything like that. They have – Jared Jackson Jr. They're not going to want Capella. Like, so th- it's difficult down the road what they're going to be able to do in terms of trading and making making a move. So I'm kind of curious to see. I'll be curious to see what they pull off because there's one thing we do know. As much as you hate the Wizard of Oz, man, Daryl Morey is as close to the Wizard we can get in the NBA. He does pull <laughs> off some stuff. So, you know, he, 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 can, he might be able to make some of that stuff happen. Oh, my God. But, but you know, I will say this, though. The one thing that did surprise me was when he talked about, you know, the team having a top 10 defense by the end of the season. I was about to jump into that because I, I got that whole, definitely got my attention. I have a whole – well, yeah. We'll, go, 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 because you texted this to us. We'll get into just it. So the, just so the no, – we're going to do it now. Just so the listeners know, Kelly texted Sasha and I about two nights ago saying, like, 
I'm ready to go. I'm all in on the Rockets defense. Something to that effect. He didn't necessarily say that, but he had been you've been watching film. You have your opinions now. Yes, and I was Kelly. So I'm gonna mute my mic. Yeah, mute your the mic. The floor is yours. Thank you. Okay. What's up, guys? So before I get into it, you know, obviously you have to understand a couple things. One, the Rockets are somewhat a non-traditional team. Two, when I speak about tradition, I'm talking about rotation. Like when you have your starting five, you know, you gradually rotate the other guys, the bench, the reserves in, and then you bring the starters back in, you know, over the course of a game. So I was looking at film and the numbers and just stuff like that, talking to scouts. And this stat stood out to me like, no, it was crazy. So according to NBA.com, you know, they, they have these things called um, advanced lineup stats. When you look at the top 10, like most frequent lineups used in the NBA, the Rockets lineup of Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, and Clint Capella, this was, this was before last night's game. They had a defensive rating of 99.3. And that was in 64 minutes together on the court. After last night, it went to 90.3. Now, and, and that's over 83 minutes. Where I think the Rockets defense hooks up is where, you know, the Rockets have this idea of, okay, if we're going to have one all-star guard on the floor at all times, it's supposed to give you guys a leg up on the on the opponent, right? But in theory, or in reality, it's a double-edged sword. Like, yes, you do have Harden or Russ on the floor at all times. But once you start doing that weird staggering nonsense, and like you're you're not you're not having a traditional rotation, like so you're not having Harden and Russ come out together and then you're bringing in the reserves and then bringing them back in. That's where the defense suffers, you know? Like the tuck wagon lineup, <clears throat> early on it's been getting destroyed because why? Look at the bigs they played against. Bam Adebayo, killed. Brooke Lopez, killed. Jared Allen, killed. Thomas Bryant, killed. But that core, that core group, if you go back and watch the Bucks game, the first seven minutes, I think the Bucks scored, what, three field goals or something like that. They have the ability to be a great defensive team, but you have to do two things. First of all, you have to cut the staggering, which is I know they'll never do this, so it's kind of a, a, a foolish theory. But if they did and they played you know, the starting group longer minutes, I think that you would see much better defensive numbers overall um, whenever you go to look at a team. Now, this is not saying, you know, it's 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 obviously super early in the year. But, I mean, come on. 83 minutes is, for right now, I think anything over 75 minutes is a pretty solid sample size. Like, if you look at the Lakers and you see they have the number one defense in the league, right? Their starting five has played, I think, 100 minutes together. That's enough to say that, okay, this is going to be a good defensive team throughout the season. Correct? So... The core of Harden, Russ, House, Tucker, and Capella by itself is a good defensive team. When you start getting, you know, 
when you start taking guys out, putting guys in, and then trying to bring guys, you know, end of the half, end of the quarter, that's when things gets messy. So that was just my, just my, uh, I don't know. It's not a theory, but it's just something that I found very interesting and contrary to what what group think is saying about, you know, the Rockets defense. So that's it. Oh, okay. So you're done? I can go now? Mm-hmm. We can we can we can brace ourselves. Also, it's a family show there, uh, Kelly. Watch the cursing. Oh, <laughs> Sasha, you can bleep that out. You can bleep that out. You can. Doot. I'd prefer a quack, Sasha. If you can make it a quack sound, would be great. I always find that more humorous. Uh, <laughs> let's get into this though, Kelly. Okay, that's great. That's 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 really nice. That lineup can't play forty-eight minutes. That lineup can't play heavy minutes. You need to rest, guys. Right? There's a huge offensive load on Russ, huge, massive offensive load on Harden, right? So those guys aren't going to be able to keep that up. I'll be surprised to see what that number looks like in December, in January, in February, as they play more minutes. Now, here's the other thing. When you mentioned the the guys that the tuck wagon lineup has had a problem with, yo, half our listeners literally probably went, who? When you said Mark Bryant, you know what I mean? Or Jared Allen. Like, if they're having problems with those guys, they're going to have problems with Anthony Davis. They're going to have issues coming, you know, when Rudy Gobert comes into town. They're going to have problems in that situation. Now, here's the other thing that's a big issue that I think you you haven't really touched on in your stats. Okay, because, you know, I also know how to do stats every now and then. Just a few, not a lot. But when you look at the NBA shots what they're giving up to opponents. They're giving up 53s where it's either, it's tightly contested. So it's either zero to two feet is considered tightly contested and two to four feet. That means the defender is that close to that guy shooting. They've given up 53s in that situation. Do you want to guess how many threes they've given up for open and wide open threes? And that's four to basically six plus feet. Do you want to guess how many threes well, they've given up? I know it's a lot because of the way they they uh they send two to the paint. So I'm pretty sure that number's like over a hundred. What is it? It's two hundred and thirty. Yeah. Okay. They give up forty percent three point shooting percentage. I think it's worse, or at least this is the bottom three in the league. Like, that's a problem. And for a team that basically understands take away the th- or shoot threes and layups. The fact that they're not able to even try to take away the threes is a massive problem. Their their rotations aren't right. The way they're switching constantly. You can't switch with these guys. You, listen, it's hard enough playing defense when one guy isn't a good defender. You can get away with it and they've shown it cuz they had it with James Harden 2 years ago. They had a really good defense that year when they went up 3-2 against the Warriors. They had a good defense that year. And all those guys made up for Harden. And Harden had given more effort. It gets even tougher when you put two guys that don't defend well. And the thing about Russ is Russ takes wild gambles. He always goes for steals and things like that. Puts you out of position. You guys don't rotate. Harden constantly gets back doors. He gets lost. He doesn't really pay that much attention sometimes. It's a problem for this team. It's not something that like when... My question to you, when Morey says we're going to be a top 10 defensive rating team, my question would be like, how? Based on what? Last year, last year you had to bring in Jeff Bizdilic, who, by the way, I want points for saying it right the first time, to, to fix your defense. You had to get rid of Carmelo Anthony. You brought in Austin Rivers, and we saw the defense improve. 
there isn't a fix like that right now for this team. Bill Zdilek is in New Orleans. You don't have a, I don't trust your uh, assistant coaches necessarily to bring in the, the defensive mentality. And you have two guys that really don't care that much about defense. So, you know, when he says we're going to be a top 10 defensive rated team at the end of the year, I'm just curious in what world or how he thinks they're going to get there. Because right now they're at 29th, I think, you know, and, and, and maybe they got to bump up because they beat up on, you know, really crappy Golden State Warriors team. But look, man, like they're they're heading into some real tough games coming down the stretch. And I just don't buy this premise that, oh, we're going to be fine. It's funny. Morey's taking the approach of like, it's not a problem yet. D'Antoni had that quote. Literally, he said, we don't have a problem, but if we think we don't have a problem, we have a problem, which is more, which is D'Antoni speak for like, I think we, the guys have to be concerned and, and, and have to start locking in. And it, I just don't see it right now. And it's, it's a huge problem for the, for the Rockets. I don't, I don't buy it. It's nice with that lineup, but also that lineup doesn't include Eric Gordon, which we both know he's going to get a lot more minutes once he starts playing. So, or once he's healthy again. So I'm not sure I buy all that stuff. Well, well, look, look, here's, here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying that is the end all solution because obviously there's so many other factors that go into the team. You know, like you said, the, the heavy workload on offense and just the way that those guys play, it, it makes it damn near impossible to keep those guys on the floor for, you know, larger portions of the game. But I'm just saying this is this is assuming the Rockets were a that's why I started the thing saying the Rockets are non-traditional. If this was a traditional team and they had a traditional offense with a lot of ball movement and stuff, then yes, this would be possible. I'm just saying I know Mike D'Antoni would never do this, but if he did, this would be the way to do it. And and I know I was talking to the coaches and some of the players on just the way they they've tweaked some things defensively. And yes, they do send an extra man to the ball at times when he's in the post, and they do concede a lot of open threes. That's kind of I'm not sure what the exact terminology is, but I know it's. They're giving up a lot of threes right now. I think it it might even itself out as the year goes on, but right now it's what, 40% you said? Okay, so assuming that comes down to maybe 36, 35, maybe that's like league average. I think that's kind of where they want it to be because I know everything they do, there's a reason for it. There's math behind it, I guess. But at some point, you can't leave NBA players wide open from the corner from three. Yeah, you're, the, the attitude of like, we're just going to concede open threes and we're going to assume the number is going to go down. Yo, dog, these dudes are going to hit open threes. <laughs> like that's, but if, I will, you I will defender, say, if you don't I'll, have a defender anywhere, the most amazing thing of those numbers I pulled up, they haven't had one tightly contested three yet, according to NBAStats.com. That's an one? amazing stat. They haven't had one. The of the fifty, it's all from two to four feet. They haven't had a guy zero to two feet from from a guy shooting a three. That's listen. You you have your schemes, whatever. That should just happen by accident at least four times by now. Like it's not <laughs> even like that. I mean, we're it's insane that that's the case. Like that's absurd to me that you don't have that. Not one. But I I think to your to your credit. Um, it is early. They're, 
all I'm saying is there there have been promising signs from that unit. It's still a small sample size. You know, I, I, I'd like to see it fleshed out more, like you said, December, January, February. But hey, you can't you can't argue with ninety point three. That's that's pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. Now now the lineups with Eric Gordon, uh I think when uh, it was like one hundred and thirty, it was some crazy number. <laughs> it was 130.3, I think, defensive rating with uh, House. How out. much of that was from the uh, the, the Wizards game? <laughs> yeah, how much was, was it skewed? <laughs> yeah, the, the the Wizards game definitely <laughs> screwed up the numbers a bit in that uh, in that situation. But um, I don't know. I think we'll see. Like last night was a game they had to win. Like the, those are the games you at home. Against a depleted Warriors team, you have to win that. You have to go and win in Chicago. You should win in New Orleans. Like these, you can't be throwing games away like this if you want to be, you know, top two, three by the end of the season in the Western Conference. Because every year this happens. Every season, they always go over games and damn, we should have had this one. Damn, we should have had that one. That's kind of how they always approach. You know the end of end of the season standings because you know it's always tight in the Western Conference. It's always going to be compact. You have to separate yourself, and these games are the ones you have to separate yourself with. So we'll see if their defense can. You know, I don't think it's going to be 29th the whole year. I think they'll end up somewhere around 16. I think it's possible. Um, but. The good thing is they do – you're right on this. They have a little bit of an easy schedule with the games coming up. They got a light and they got an easy load here. They got the Bulls, the Pelicans. Those are games they should win. The Clippers are going to be a tough one. Uh, Pacers coming up, that that should be a win. I mean, they should go 3-4 and four in just that stretch right there, or 3-1 and one in that stretch right there out of those four games. So uh, – and maybe even 4-0 and oh, depending on, you know, what's going on with the Clippers. Oh, no. The, so the, uh, Paul, If Paul – I know. I know one thing's for certain. I know Paul George hates James Harden. I know he's gonna he's gonna play that game for sure. <laughs> and he's gonna. I don't. I don't care what you say. He's gonna play in that game, and he's gonna make sure he's sticking to James Harden. He's like a Rockets killer. Well, killer. I think. I, I think we've hit the. Uh... We've beaten pretty good the horse of the Rockets defense, and let's be honest, I'm gonna do that pretty much all year, uh, especially if it doesn't improve. But we want to hear from you, Rocket fans, as well. You know, hit us up on Twitter, Ch- Brody and the Beard. Use the hashtag Brody and the Beard. Let us know what you guys think of the Rockets' defense. Uh, and, and you know, do it in a civil manner, by the way, folks. But let us know what you guys think, where, where you guys fall on that. But we did talk about the Clippers, which brings us to another interesting topic that I think we should talk about league-wide. And it brings us to load management. And we talked a little bit we talked a little bit about it early in the podcast, you know, of of how the Rockets team has done a pretty good job with managing their guys and, and all of that stuff. But Kelly, man, overall, man, what's your thoughts on load management? It's smart. Um I know the big the the big the big guys, you know, that make all the decisions don't like you because they're losing out on money and sales, but at the end of the day, you're not going to run these guys to the ground. This is a business, and these guys are the ones that bring the business. Why would you 
why would you want to forcibly drive these guys into oblivion just because they, you want them to play on a Wednesday night in November? I don't see it. It's not like these guys are ever skipping out playoff games. No. Yeah, but I think I think their the real problem is on the national TV games. And some of it's the way the the, the schedule set up. Like the Clippers have a back-to-back national TV games. They played well, on ESPN they should make it last flexible. night. Like they should have, right. Well, they, they should have plans in place. I mean, I understand it's it's, it's kind of it's kind of pissy, you know, for uh, the fans not to know that Kawhi is not playing and they already bought their tickets and stuff like that. But Giannis is still playing. Like it's not it's not like so, you know, down. No, I, I, I get that, but you also have that. You do want to see that battle of Kawhi versus Giannis yeah, and the way ticket prices, but the way that's just fans being selfish. But no, no, but not even that though, Kelly, but the way ticket prices are set up, it's never a stagnant price, you know, unless you're using the game time app and scoring great deals, you're, you're getting charged more because the Bucks are in town versus when the Clippers are playing Charlotte, you're paying to see Kawhi Leonard versus Giannis. And I get it. And, and, and it's selfish, but let's also remember something. The fans are the reason we're here. They're the reason they they consume all the media stuff. They're into the basketball. They're on social media. The fans are the guys, are, are the people that this is really for. They're the consumers. And I think that's kind of, that gets lost. It sucks. I'm with you. It makes sense for teams. It 100% is, is logical for teams. I think really ultimately it should, the NBA should look at it and go, realize that we're already playing a shortened schedule like superstars are playing a shortened season. So they should just shorten the schedules themselves and, and find a way to to make up the difference. I know there's a lot of money at stake. I think there's ways you can make that up. I think there's smarter things behind that. But right now, I just think it, it it's a little bit out of control. But I, I never will blame a team for saying, hey, we got to take care of our guys. But how, how, is that a, how is that out of control? Because of Kawhi? In general, I mean, it's just out of control. I mean, here's something that's interesting about last year. Kawhi sat four of the first 11 Raptors games. I mean, it's fine. But the other thing about load management, too, with the Raptors, yo, Kawhi barely made it through the finals. Like, he had a noticeable limp. Like, he had hurt his knee. I mean, load management is great, and at a, but at a certain point, your body's going to break down. It's going to break down. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. They're doing their – I'm not mad at the Clippers. They're doing exactly what they're supposed to do, taking care of their guy and – you know, TV ratings be damned. That doesn't affect them at all. But it does hurt the league overall. It does hurt, you know, the the perception around the league. It doesn't help that you have pundits on TV running around going like, man, I played all 82 games. When I played it, all that mattered was playing 82 <laughs> oh, games. And I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of that nonsense. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on it. It makes sense. I mean, for me, my opinion is really they should just shorten the season to 72 games. And I get, and you know, the number of people who always say like, well, you'll lose a lot of money. I don't think you will because you could have the same number of national TV games. Just put different teams on national TV. Exactly. It's that simple. We don't need to see the Clippers on national TV 30 times or no, the Lakers 30 times. I, I, I think it's really like a lose. I, I get it. You know, like for, for example, if you have like, if you have like a, a fantasy team, right? My friend Abe has a, a fantasy team, and he drafted Kawhi, so obviously he's going to be pissed off. You know, he wants to play. But at the same time, it's like, Kawhi? Like, so what would you rather do? Would you rather have Kawhi play today, right, 
and just burn himself out, and then he's getting shut down after the All Star break, or would you just keep him fresh and wait? To, no, no, because he's I not. Get, we get they're, they're not any anybody that's doing load management isn't skipping any playoff games, so they're gonna be there when the game is the most exciting. That that's how I see it. I just think there's a there's a way before the season that the NBA Players Association they can like highlight games. They should go through the entire schedule, right? They should the league should involve the NBA Players Association in the schedule making process. I think that would make it much easier because then you could say, hey, I don't want to, you know, this guy might not play this game. You know, just giving fans ahead of time a, a, a notice in notice. advance. I, yeah. That's but I don't think but I don't think you're gonna get that from teams. I don't think your teams aren't gonna tell you in, in, in that far in advance. Now some teams are gonna plan ahead. And say this is how this is how we're going to go about it with the schedule, but things also change and things you know situation comes. There you know Kawhi might be really tired this time, or we really worked him, played him forty minutes one night, so we really need to rest him the next night. Like I don't think that's a conceivable, uh, a uh, uh, something that's really expected to, to happen. Like I just don't think you'd get that from teams. On top of that, teams have input on the schedule. Like they do see a draft of the schedule and can protest stuff. Whether that happens, whether they get what they want or whatnot, it's a whole different story. But they do kind of get a look at the schedule. Now, to your point, like obviously nobody wants Kawhi to be shut down after the All-Star break. Nobody wants him to burn himself out and do all that. But there is an element of it does hurt the league, though. I mean, you agree with that. It hurts the NBA product. I mean, a lot of things hurt the NBA product that's not load management. Okay, okay, I'm going to ask you this. I just want to say that I think it's actually nice and inclusive that a load management makes the league more inclusive for players like Kawhi, who, like, we wouldn't get the best version of Kawhi without load management. So, personally, I'm I'm pretty cool with him doing it. If, the, if it makes the league more inclusive to players who have, like, kind of chronic injury problems... I'm kind of cool with that. Like, what if they load manage Larry Bird? I mean, but that's but my point. So, so just shorten the season. Well, let's right. Just, but let's like, just be let's be honest, because that's really we've been we, saying like, that we need for to get years, rid of back to back. How many? How long have exactly. we been saying that? And it's like this is the step that teams are taking to say you have to do this. It's like players are saying now, like I'm not going to play 82 games, and so now that players are saying I'm not going to play 82 games, the, the league might actually do that. What it comes down to is that the league is just they just don't like this new era of player empowerment. That's just the truth. They then, but I don't think, but the leagues like Silver has kind of hedged a little bit and said this is something they'd look into. Like I honestly think we will eventually have a a, a shortened NBA season. I don't think we're going to have 82 games. Ten years from now. Okay, like, so and, so do you, and, do you think Kawhi should have played last night? No, like I'm not in that. I'm not in that book. I'm not in their the, the the training room. I don't know what's going on with his body. I can't give that full thing. If the team says, "Hey, he needs a night off," he needs a night off. But I also acknowledge that. Hey, at the same time, it's bad for the league. It's bad for business in that respect. So it's it it's it's a crappy situation. And this isn't this isn't new. Pop has been doing load management with Tim Duncan for 10 years, you know, and, and and it really added to Tim's length of time over his career. Tim didn't even make it on flights. There were games where Pop would just tell guys, Tim, Manu, Tony, you guys stay home. The rest of us get your butts on the plane. Like that was, that was kind of 
a thing. It's not, this isn't a new concept. This is something that was brought in from the Spurs because it's a smart way of going about it. But again, it also hurts business. It hurts the fans. It hurts the TV ratings. And at that point, it does, it hurts the NBA. Plain and simple. So it's a, it's a lose-lose situation. It's good for the, the Clippers because they save Kawhi's rest and they get him, you know, get him fresh the next day. But it hurts the rest of the NBA, man. Like the number of people that tuned in yesterday to ESPN to try to watch Giannis versus Kawhi just got Giannis versus Lou Williams. I feel like maybe teams just need to be a little bit smarter about what games they're pulling players out of and how they're sort of like configuring it because I kind of agree with the Giannis Kawhi thing that like that's I mean I didn't watch but like I probably would have if Kawhi was playing to be honest I think that there there's just maybe a smarter way to go about it where you're like preserving there's sort of a compromise or preserving that kind of competition and that those optics of having like the stars play against each other but then again, like when you think about why we watch the game as fans, like as an NBA fan, I would have loved to have seen Kawhi Giannis, but as like a fan of my team, if I was a Clippers fan, I would still want to watch like that Clippers team is basically the team from last year. And as like a Bucks fan, you're still watching. I just, I think that like when we put so much emphasis on stars, it takes away from like our enjoyment of the actual product of basketball and kind of like puts maybe too much emphasis on watching stars play against each other when there's like like Montrez Harrell had a double double like three Clippers had double doubles last night right that was insane yeah I mean it was it was a good game for the Clippers I think it also here's the other thing about load management that nobody talks about I think it helps the teams not just with the guy resting but it also helps these guys figure out how to play without those guys. But the other side of low man- load management that never gets talked about is Montrez Harrell had to play tw- 39 minutes last night. Lou Williams was up there at 38 minutes. You know, Patrick Beverly was up there with crazy minutes. When are they going to get load management? You're putting more stress on your teammates when you also load manage. You're putting more. Those guys got to play a lot more minutes and it puts a lot more pressure on those guys to have to perform. So I think there's there's that issue as well. It never gets talked about, but you know, Doc doesn't want to. Doc said it in the post game press conference. He doesn't want to play those guys that many minutes. He knows he has to in these situations, but that's not what he wants to do. You can't stay with his normal rotation, you know, and just sub somebody else in for Kawhi because they're going to get their butts whooped. And at the same time, it's one of those things in the Western Conference. You need to stack wins. It's like we talked about with the Rockets. So it's a it's a big issue. It's something that we're going to see all year and we're going to have this conversation, not us in particular, but the NBA at large is going to have this conversation over and over again for the entire season. And I don't know the right answer. I I just know it's not good for the league. It's good for the teams and teams are going to continue to do that. And, you know, they're just sort of uh, up the creek without a paddle. (laughs) But, you know, I know, well, I'm going to say this before we, we, we move on with this thing, but. Whenever the league, you know, pits these, like, they're trying to sell these, like, games, they're almost selling them like fights. Like, you know how in um, UFC and boxing, they'll, they'll, they'll have to sell the fight. So, this one was probably sold as Giannis versus Kawhi. But in reality, in the course of a game, stars don't guard stars for, like, the whole, I remember watching the finals. 
Dude, Kawhi's most frequent matchup was Andre Iguodala. He was guarding Andre Iguodala on defense. He wasn't guarding Clay. He wasn't guarding uh, Durant for the first couple games. He was guarding Steph. So whenever people put these battles against each other, it's not. It's just for money purposes. So your pockets are hurting. So now you're trying to come off as oh the fans, but in reality they don't care. Like the league, I don't know. I could get into this for a long time, but I don't think the league really cares. No, no, the fans are furious for sure. But I'm talking about the league office. The league office isn't mad because the fans are mad. No. The league office is mad because they're losing money. And you could potentially lose more money by getting the fans mad. That's why the league is concerned. And that's why they have to put out that statement from uh, Mike Bass about um, Kawhi's knee. That Let like, me ask you this question. Let uh, me ask you this question. Uh-huh. Shouldn't they be mad? If you're messing up with their money, I mean, no, shouldn't no. they be upset? I'm not saying, it's, it's, I'm not saying that they shouldn't up, be mad. If it, if it messes up their money, it messes with the cap. And then guess what it messes with? When it messes with the cap, it messes with the player's money. It's, so it does have an effect. It does have a, a steamroll effect. I, I, I understand that. But for one night, like it's not like Kawhi is playing 40 games a year. He's playing like, what, 60? 61? 62? It's still... But I mean, like, you know, it's it's already been, I mean, for, for, for Kawhi in particular, last Wednesday he sat out national TV game, and then this Wednesday he sat out national TV game. Like, there's an element to it of this is, it's becoming a thing already and doing it this early. They did it last year with the Raptors. So this is something that, you know, they're going to keep an eye on. I mean, load management's not going away. Like, let's just be honest. It's not going away anytime soon. Not going to go away next year. It's just going to be what it is. But it's also just, at the same time, we can acknowledge it's good for the team, it's bad for the league. Well, I'll tell you this right now. I will never do load management. I'm going to play every game, every podcast. I'm out here. Do you want to know how I know you're lying? I'm not lying. Do you want to know? Because you already skipped the uh, Rockets-Memphis game. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't go to Memphis. How do you know? You told me. I could have lied to you. You ain't lying to me, bro. <laughs> oh you ain't God. lying to me, bro. No, I Come said on, I man. said podcast. I'm not I'm not going to all 82 games. <laughs> Load management. Load management. Uh, I stand with Kawhi. <laughs> hey. If y'all want if y'all want to have some fun, go through Kelly Eco's Instagram because the amount of times he gets called Biggie Velvet, like just last night's game, him wearing his little, his velvet jacket, whole thing, and everybody just, the number of stories that come out of Kelly rocking his gear. Just have fun, man. Just enjoy Kelly when he, when he, when he does go to games. You know what's crazy about that? They, like somebody played the video in the locker room. Like, uh, I don't know. That's a good thing for you. That's a it's good all thing. It's all love. It was part of the brand. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's part of the brand. It's part of the Kelly ecosystem. Let's go. All right, guys. That's it for us. You know, like I said, let us know what you think about the Rockets defense. Hashtag Brody and the Beard. Oh, they've been letting me know in my in my in my uh my mentions. I see that every day. So they've been letting All me right, know. All right, well keep keep keep, it keep up, going though. at I, Kelly I and it. his mentions. Yeah, keep it up. Keep keep, it up. keep going at Kelly's mentions. Let him know I love you everything that's going on. Uh Kelly, I think we're it, man. I think we're done, guys. Hey, we out. <laughs>